Good morning, church family. Welcome. Good morning. Well, I'm going to save you some embarrassment and silence your phones now. So, yeah. If you have your Bibles with you, um, turn with me to Colossians 3. So we're starting at Colossians 3. <laughs> Colossians 3, starting at verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on the tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgive you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in the heart, rule in your heart, in which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So when reading that passage, they were, they were like stating the characteristics and qualities of a Christian in a Christian walk. And when I looked into my own heart, I saw that there was such an emphasis on looking like a good Christian and presenting myself as one, rather than making sure my heart was aligned with God and His will. And I want to continue to verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in words or deeds, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. Could we stand and pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. We submit our voices, our actions, our lives to you. Keep us aligned with your good and perfect will. I pray your blessing over this service and worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we do stand and behold you this morning. We do lift up the name of Jesus. We do worship you because you're worthy to be praised. And Lord, we thank you most of all that you're here in our midst. Your word says where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. And we welcome you here, Lord. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're among us, Lord. And now, now we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you'll minister to your people. You'll lead us, you'll guide us, you'll heal us, you'll, you'll teach us, you'll, you'll fellowship with us. Just to be here with us, Lord, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord, for your loving us. And Lord, our, our desire is that with your help, we'll love you back in the way that you deserve in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the ways that uh, God says that we love Him is when we love one another, amen? And so let's practice that a little. Why don't you love one another here real quick? Maybe hug a neck, shake a hand. Turn with me to James chapter 2. This morning I... Uh, 
I already have a sermon title, so we'll just put that right out there. Everybody's going to cheer after I say this, all right? You ready? You're going to cheer. Here we go. This is the sermon title for this morning. Responsibility. See, I'm really glad I primed you ahead of time, because it, it could have been ugly. You know, I could have said responsibility, and everybody goes, ooh. But responsibility is a good thing, isn't it? You know that you don't give responsibility to irresponsible people. Ooh, yeah, teenagers. Teenagers, young adults. You don't give responsibility to irresponsible people. And it takes time to prove responsibility. And uh, it's, there's, you know, I actually really like being given responsibility. I enjoy it. It's like, wow. You know, and let's just use the example of God. He, he gives us, He expects us to be about His Father's business. And that's a responsibility. It's not just a, hey, if you got free time, if you got nothing else going on, I had a friend tell me once, actually it was fairly recently, he goes, I said, he goes, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm doing really well. And I said, I'm not bored at all. And he goes, that's a good thing. Because he says, when you get bored, things can happen. You know, but I mean, yeah, not good things can happen. So it's good not to be bored. It's good to have responsibility and, and be do being about the Father's business. Amen. Amen. So everybody make it to James. James chapter 2. I want to touch on a few things this morning. You know, the, 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 the lesson, the, the message, the, what we're saying is, is just center to the, the biblical uh, theme, what God is, is, is talking about. He gave responsibility to Adam and Eve, right? And what did Adam and Eve do? They blew it. They blew it. Well, then he gave responsibility to Noah. And what did he do? He nailed it. Literally. <laughs> now, you won't believe this, but that one just came to me. It just came to me. It's amazing. It's even better. He gave responsibility to uh, the, the children of Israel. And what did they do it? They blew it. They nailed it. They blew it. They nailed it. They blew it. You know, back and forth. He gave responsibility to Jesus. And I won't say it. I know. I know. I know. That's too, that's too easy. <laughs> but he did what he was supposed to do. There's something about, and as he left, he said, now you go. You be light. You be salt. And it's about responsibility. Everybody to James chapter 2. Beginning with verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Hmm, interesting. You know, and later on, I won't actually get to the verse, but I'll just mention it. He says, You can, you can believe that God exists, you can believe that Jesus exists, you can believe that that Bible, that that word is true, but if you don't do something about it, it's worthless. It's about action. It's about being a part of what God's doing. Now, it's, you know, let's just put the, the parentheses around it. It's not about works. 
I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. No, you don't have to do more, but you do have to do what he tells you to do. He doesn't, you don't have to do what he tells Wayne to do. You don't have to do what he tells, uh, so many faces. Oh, C. You don't, you don't have to do what he tells C to do. You don't have to do, there's, there is, there's what he tells you to do. And he says, my burden's not heavy. My yoke is easy. What he tells you to do, he'll give you the power and the strength and the ability to do it. But, but we have to do it. Can that faith save him? Verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace and be warm and filled, without giving them the things that needed for the body, what good is that? And then verse 17, so also faith by itself, it does not have works. If it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. If we believe this stuff, if we believe that this Bible is true, if we believe that that this uh plan that God has and has had for thousands of years is real and he said now you go do it he meant it he meant that you need to go do it why because when Jesus rose from the dead when he 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 talked to everybody and it says that he was on the mountain and just before he left he says go into Jerusalem get filled with the Holy Spirit because you're going to need help and when you get help when you get that help when you get when that power comes on you then you're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You're going to go into all the world and be my witnesses. You're going to do this, you're going to do... There's all these things you need to do. And then the whole New Testament, Paul's writings, James' writings, John's writings, all of that is explaining how we do it and how we're supposed to grow in in doing it. Now we're coming to the end of summer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anybody that it's just a, you've been denying it. Do we have any fall deniers here? Any, yes, there's a number of fall deniers. Exactly. And I, and I am too. I am too. You know, I am, I'm already trying to figure out how to be warm more, more weeks this winter than last winter. I want to be warm. And there's ways of doing that. It only takes airplanes and money. That's all it takes. <laughs> But we're coming, you know, we're coming into fall, folks. Did you see the, the, the leaves are changing? I know, I know, I'm sorry. But I'm, 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 I'm sworn to speak truth up here. You know, I'm, it's just the way I have to do. It's just, you know, and some of it hurts. You know, some of it, but we're coming up to it. You know, we're, we're starting to, the, the leaves are starting. What I noticed was when the birds started flocking. The birds have started flocking in August. That ain't good, folks. That's not good. When they start, I'm going, oh no. They know stuff that we don't know. So I, I say that because it's also good to look around you and see what's happening and realize the time is near. The time is near. Now, what does that mean? Is Jesus coming back next minute? I don't know. I, you know, we've talked about this this summer. This isn't an end times, oh my gosh, we're near. No, but what we're saying is it's time to rake the yard, folks. It's time to get some, you know, store up some stuff for winter. You know, it's time to time to check the oil in the snowblower. Because it's you know, stuff's coming. 
Now, maybe it's months away. I pray and hope that it's months away. I'm pr- I pray every year for a January winter start. <laughs> Who cares about white Christmases? <laughs> but we know it's coming. We live in Minnesota. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, completely ignorant. We know it's coming. The end, we're living in a time where there's stuff that needs to be done. There's stuff that need, we need to be about the Father's business. And we've talked about that this summer. And I, this, today, there's, there's actually a couple of things that are on my heart. And, and this is the way that I believe the Lord wants us to, to get there, is to understand that each one of us has responsibility for what He's asked you to be about, what He's asked you to do. And so as we do that, he's going to give us the strength to do it, but we have to desire, we have to uh, obey him and do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, do it. If you're a spouse, say, do it. And they'll know, your spouse will know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> do it. Go over to Romans. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's step number one. First, you have to know what to do. What is the will of God? What's the will of God for you? What isn't the will of God for you? For some people, you know, this specific thing is the will of God for me. And, and we can go get so passionate about it that we think everybody should be doing that. When in reality, and we're going to get to those verses in a second, not everybody's a hand. Not everybody's an ear. Not everybody is supposed to do everything. But if you're passionate about something, that's a pretty good indicator that it's yours, that he's calling you to it. You know, I mean, for years, my passion, my absolute passion was working with young people. I mean, it was all, I mean, I just said what I wanted to do is I just loved it. And, and I still, and then when I, when the Lord told me that my, my life was going to be starting to take a different direction, I, it upset me. Cause I thought I was leaving a passion. And the Lord says, no, you'll still have, you'll still be able to, to work with the most awesome people in the world. Young people. Cause their minds are so moldable. It's awesome. <laughs> Old people's minds are stiff and they're hard. Okay, thank you, thank you. I needed to have some passion come out of these these folks. But if it's your passion, if it's your passion, there's a reason it's your passion. If it's something that really, it motivates you, you care about. If you care about the poor, hey, yeah, everybody's supposed to be about it to a level, but maybe not to the level you're supposed to be about it. Or if it's teaching the Bible, or if it's do, or, or if it's witnessing to a neighbor, or whatever. If if you really care about those neighbors, I mean, and you're just like you, you care about them, you care about their kids, you care about their life. There's a reason God put that puts that into you, because they need to know how much you care. They need to know how much you love them, and God puts that passion in you. 
So, but it takes a renewing of our mind. We need to be in the Word to understand that. Now we're coming up, if you noticed, for those of you who have been, how many do the two-year reading? How many have been doing the two-year reading? We're coming to the end of it, okay? So I, so this year we started doing a one-year Bible reading in January, and that'll be ending obviously in December. But the two-year started years and years and years and years and years and years ago uh, in September, and we did it because we didn't want to wait till January to start something that we thought was important. And I think we've been doing it probably for seven, you know, 16, 18 years. We've been doing the two-year reading over and over and over. Let's come into a close in September here. Now, the thing is, not everybody's going to read through the Bible in one year. You know, it's a lot, of, it can be a, a daunting task. So in January, Pastor Greg doesn't know this yet. I'm springing it on him this morning which means he's in the other room, so if you hear a yell from the other room. But we're not going to start it, we're not going to re-up it in September, we're going to start it in January, because there's something weird about starting in September. Now, when I, when I told somebody that, they said, well, what am I going to do from September to January? <laughs> you know, you can read, you could probably read the whole New Testament between September and January 1st. So and then you could do that. You could work it into your you know, you can find a something that'll figure out how many verses to read each day. So do that. Read read the New Testament. Amen. Or read the whole Bible again in 3 months. That's totally that's doable, isn't it? I've heard I've heard it's been done in 90 days. So uh, there's been a few people who have a few years ago the Lord led them to do it in 90. But it's the renewing of the mind is reading that word and God will God will put things in you. He'll he'll illuminate things in you. It is the word. I mean, we we want to focus on I don't say it a lot all through the year. I say a lot between January and March usually, but read the Bible. Why? Because you you can watch the news and it will renew won't renew your mind. What will it do? Entropy. It'll entropy your mind. No, I'm st- But it's good. It's good to renew the mind. Verse three. For by the grace given me or given to me, I say to everyone among among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Who are you? That's step number two. Get in the word. The word will tell you who you are, but then it's good to say. To, to, to judge yourself soberly. Not, you know, I'm such a worm. I'm so terrible. How come I can't break this habit? We, no, that's not what I'm talking about. When I say to judge yourselves and to think more, more soberly than you, than what you would normal people would think is, who am I? God, show me who I am and be sober about it. Take, take time to really judge who you are. God, who have you made me? There's things that God's put inside of me that if I work with him in it, it flows. If I push back against him and try to do something completely different, it's hard. And it will be hard. We need to know who we are. You know, the quicker you just admit who you are, God, you, God's made me this way. He's, he's created me to be this person in this time period. The quicker we join with him and agree with him, the more you'll do. The happier you'll be. The happier you'll be. You want to be happy? Be who God's called you to be. That, that'll make you happy. Not that the goal is happiness. The goal is joy. That's the goal. The goal is joy. 
And Jesus, the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. I'll leave it at right there. Verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members we or the members do not all have the same function. Ooh, I think I just heard that. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. I was just talking to somebody recently, and I've seen some videos because I think the world, uh, the world's uh, um, track and field just happened. And so there's been a lot of, there was a you know, big deal for a while about all these races and people doing pole vaulting. And you watch these world-class athletes. Now there's a difference, not much, but there's a, there's a difference between a world-class athlete and me. <laughs> not much, but it has a lot to do with BMI and uh, body mass index and uh, talent and, but these world, would you watch these world-class athletes function and they do what their body has been trained to do? Oh my goodness. They can achieve things that just blows your mind. Why? Because they found out who they were and they began to train it. Now you don't go to a shot putter. I was a shot putter. I know that surprises you. I wasn't a good shot putter. I was actually a terrible shot putter. But I didn't want to go home at night, you know? So I went to the practice instead and threw the discus too, you know? But they didn't ask me to pole vault. <laughs> I, I, I told the coach one time, I want to pole vault. And he goes, There ain't no sticks big enough, man. You know, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> you got to be who you are, right? As I said the same thing to my football coach. I want to run the ball, coach. And he goes, you can barely run. What are you talking about? Just get back there and make a hole. That's all I need you to do. <laughs> you got to be who you are. But then you have to, get, you have to obey the, the principles that, that make you who you are. So who are you? The, the, the body has many parts. And each, and I believe that God has, has literally created in each body, the big body as a whole, but then each local body, everything it needs to function. Literally everything it needs to function. Now, so here's, here's kind of the first part I want to talk about this morning that, that this leads up to it is, praise God. That was so exciting last week to be a part of, of Impact Church's first service. Yeah, big, big round, big. They uh, they had their first service. It was a good turnout. You know, people asked me how many people were there. There was about they they counted fifty three. I counted fifty, but but I wasn't. And and they said, well, and I've had other people say, well, how many of our people? You know, because it's like how many of us were there? Well, there were twelve of us. So that so you do that. There was twelve. You know. And there was 22 on the original team, so somebody help me with the math, just to double check me, 34. Uh, uh, uh. So 16 to 19 people. Uh, there were a number of people who used to go to church in uh, uh, New Richmond who haven't been going anywhere since that church closed. They were there. 
I think there were like eight people that came that came in our part, and they and they're they're plugging in. So it was good. And then there were some people that nobody even know who they were. They just showed up. They saw the advertisement and came. Well, praise God. That's exciting. That's exciting. But you know, now since that church has begun, there's some holes here, isn't there? You know, I noticed this morning during worship, we're missing an eyebrow. Did you guys notice we're missing an eyebrow? Yeah, we, we didn't have a bass player this morning. Did you notice that? You know, we have bass players, but one of them was drumming. Because we lost a drummer last, two weeks ago, too. Because he went back to college. I don't know what that was all about. I mean, skip, skip school, you know? I mean... <laughs> but we lost a drummer, you know? And now, the, now our, our bass player has to play drums. And our, our other bass player is in the back room uh, running cameras. And... You see, you see what I'm saying? There's some openings in the body. There's some opportunities for people to plug in. Now, how, how do I say this? Because I want to be... Are, is there anyone here who has ever played the bass guitar that has not played on our worship team playing the bass guitar? And be honest, if you don't raise your hand, the Holy Spirit will tell you. He will tell me. Who here has played the game, the bass guitar and it? Oh, hallelujah! So, and I'm not I'm not trying to pigeonhole you. Too bad. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not, not trying. But but here's the deal: there are gifts in the body that we don't even know about yet. Drummers, come on, drummers. Any drummers? No drummers? Oh, because they learn they learn from the bass players. I'm not raising my hand, you know. But here's the deal, we, we, need, we need to fill the gaps that, have, that we've lost by, by planting another church. Now that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, the, you know the, the, probably my, oh, I have to, now I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. The, one of the coolest stories I ever heard, let's say it that way, was we needed, a, we needed a drummer for our youth worship band 29 Years ago, 28 years ago, we needed a drummer, and, and we had no drummers. We had, we had a guitar player, we had a piano player, but I was like, we need, okay, this is a youth band. We can't sound like the Gaithers. We have, it has to be, it's got to sound like a youth band. We need at least a drummer. We need a drummer. And, and we're like, does anybody here play the drums? And there was nobody in the room who played the drums. Now, my wife, you, maybe, maybe you don't know this, my wife was a teacher way, way back uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, um, but she's a music teacher. She was. Part of her, her training is a music. And so I, I asked her, I said, would you teach somebody how to play drums? She goes, absolutely. So I said, is there anybody here who wants to learn how to play drums? And a young man raised his hand, Jesse Cunningham. And I was, and she taught him how to play drums. Now we had to teach him how to play drums, cool. But she taught him the basics. No, I'm just kidding. She taught him really well. But here's the deal: you can learn something fairly quickly. He learned fairly, but it took, you know, it took him, you know, putting some time into it, some effort, and he became a really good drummer. So here's the deal: maybe it's maybe it's just a desire in your heart. Drums, bass, you can pick up, you can, the bass is so easy. I mean, the bass, it's just, it's just, usually it's one string. Dong, 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 dong. It's really, it really. 
Moving right along. <laughs> just offending one person at a time this morning. Just <laughs> Verse 4 again, For as in one body we have, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. We're all in this together. Verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Everybody say that. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching. So whatever you do, I mean, there's, we need people to teach. We need people to, to, to lead. We need people to help. We need people to serve. We need people. The body of Christ. And if, and if you're, if you haven't done, been a part of serving in that way, in some, in any way, shape or form, pray and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And I guarantee you, he's not going to say nothing, man. You got nothing in you. He's not going to say that because he created you for a purpose. Every one of you has a, has a purpose. You know, you just think, well, I just, I just love people. I just want to just, I just love people. I just want to say hi. I want people to feel good. We just did the, we just had a, a staff retreat where we spent three days together and survived. It was wonderful. And, uh, one of the, one of the things we did a, 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 a what was it? I don't, it's not a personality test. What was Gallup strengths test. So we did a Gallup. So you, you find out how, what you're strong in. And we found out we have three people who have woo. Woo. Woo, W-O-O, woo. And, that, and they, they're really strong in winning others over. They just relate. They just want to make you, oh, give me a big hug. Greeter ministry is perfect for that, right? Yes, exactly. This is what come here. You're the best. I'm so glad you're here today. You're so awesome, so welcome. And you need to think, and how can I help you? Do you know that that is a gift from God? Well, yeah, but I, I'm not teaching anything. Yes, you are. You're teaching the love of God every time you smile at somebody and give them a big hug. Making them feel welcome here. There's all kinds of opportunities. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to play an instrument. Some of you should never sing public. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> make a joyful noise. You know what? Just make a joyful noise as loud as you want, and God loves that. You know I'm teasing, right? You know I'm joking. Not about getting involved. I'm not, told, I'm not teasing about that. But I, <laughs> Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, and he goes through all the things. And as we do that, use them cheerfully. All right. Now there are other areas. There's something that, that we've been, and you've, you know it's been happening, it's been being announced. Last spring... Last spring, uh, the, the spring kind of session of Wednesday nights, we had the, and somebody give me the exact name because I'm, biblical citizenship class. And in that biblical citizenship class, they talked about, and you just tell me if I'm wrong, but they talk about the history of America. Why America's here. Why, how it came to be. How it was formed. Who formed it. Why they formed it. What they formed it on. And it was formed on Christian principles. But it takes Christians, you know, they, the, the, the founding fathers wrote many 
side works and talked about if the base isn't Christian, this ain't working. If it's not based on biblical principles and it's not really led by biblically trained and biblically minded people, this thing will fail. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it daily. Now, here, I'm just, you know, I know people get a little nervous when, when I do start talking, especially my wife, when I do start talking about the area of politics. But here's, this, this isn't about politics. It's not about one party or the other. It's about being biblically minded and being a part of the process. Now, here's the deal. I, I don't think, I don't think. I, at this point, I really have never had any desire. I've had never had a, I don't think I'll ever run for office. I don't. I just, that's not my passion. I know what my passion is. And maybe you think, well, I don't have a passion to do that either. Well, okay then, don't. But, you live in this country. And you're an American. And you're, you're, you're here, and with that comes the, 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 the word of our, you know, the, the name of our sermon this morning. It comes with responsibility. It's not a bigger responsibility than the gospel. It's not a bigger responsibility than the kingdom. But because you're in the kingdom, it ranks really close up there for you to be who God's created you to be in this country. Now, I'm talking about this at the end of August. Why? Because we really have like 10 weeks before the election. And I'm not really going to say a lot going forward. I'm going to mention it as the Lord leads me. Strangely enough, the Lord's leading me this morning to talk about this. Because I believe he wants me to plant a seed that we all have a responsibility. If you're 18 years, how many of you just turned 18 this year? Nobody. <laughs> well, throw that point out. Who cares, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. By faith, yes. But I even told Deb, I was asking some, Deb some questions because I had to clarify a couple of things as we were driving over. And she goes, I thought you weren't going to talk about this until the middle, you know, later on. I was like, I know. That's what we, we I really plan on talking about it later, but the Lord's put it on my heart today, so there must be a reason. I believe He wants us to start thinking about this. This part of our life. This part of our life. It's a part of our life. You know, uh, well, wait a second. You know, the, the, the Bible says that we're just supposed to obey our officials, obey those that, are, that rule over us, and we're not supposed to rebel. Well, here's the deal. There are certain countries where that's true. If you lived in Belarus, it's not going to do you any good to try to push back against wrong and evil. You will just end up in jail and disappear. Now, people still do that. And, you know, praise God for them because they're making a point. But in America, we're given the freedom to tell people, you're doing a terrible job. Don't do this any. You either do the job right or we're going to get rid of you in three months. We get that. It's a freedom. It's a, but it's also a right. But every right comes with a... It's a responsibility. 
Now, what is that, what is that right and responsibility based on? Because it's part of your life. It literally is part of your life. It's part of who I am. It's part of who you are as an American. What are we supposed to do with that? Well, number one, what's the number one step in, in, in building that, in training that, in, in getting ready for that? Get in the Word. Because the Bible's going to tell you the principles that he, God wants to govern this country by. It's not even by the, the political party's you know, uh, platform. Because, man, some of those guys are whacked on both sides of the aisle. But what's the biblical principles? What is God, what's, what has God said this? I mean, there, it's full of it, folks. The Bible is full of God. And when God says, when a, when a godly king leads, the people rejoice. When a godly king leads, the people are blessed. There's peace in the land. Everything that's not happening today. And I'm not talking about the king. You know, I'm not talking about President Biden. I'm talking about the system. The system. <laughs> All these words come to my head. Most of which I can't use. The system is kind of pooched right now. Can I use that word? Is that it? Uh, no, apparently not. George enjoyed it too much. I, I mean, maybe I can't use that word. I repent publicly. I'm so sorry. But there's things, I mean, come on, folks. You look around and go, man, why is, the, why is the world the way it is? It's because believers haven't taken our authority. We can turn this around. But why, how do we turn it around? Well, one of the responsibilities, one of the things that's been given to us, this is why I'm talking about this way back here in August, is because usually we, you know, a lot of people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of people don't think about it until November, you know, the Monday before the election. And then they go, oh, shoot, I probably should do something. But I don't know who to vote for. So I guess I won't vote because I don't want to vote for the wrong person. Well, no, that's a wrong answer. Because it's just like, a, just like a, a test in high school. When do you start, not when did you start studying for it, when do you start studying for it? From day one, the first class, you start to absorb the information and assume it's all going to be on the test. So we need to get information that gives us an understanding of who these people are. Now's the time to start listening. Now's the time to start asking questions. Now's the time to start thinking about it. It's not the most important thing in the world, but it's right up there, folks, because I want to live here. My grandbaby's going to live here. And I want her, her country, to be better than my country. Her childhood to be better than my childhood. My childhood was pretty, you know, pretty good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, please. She's saying, please. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so what do you, you start to learn now. Start to pay attention. Just pay attention, you know. Just notice what's going on. Just start thinking about it and, and do it. Now, now you're thinking, well, wait a second. I do. 
You know, well, you're, why are you talking about that? You're, you're insulting me that we don't. No, there are some people who don't. I'm sure they're all watching online. It's, none of, it's nobody in this room. I'm, I'm positive it's nobody in this room. They're all, it's all the people online that'll see this later that God will direct them to it. And, you know, so just work with me here. Go, amen, shake your head, yeah. But there's a lot of people who don't think about it ever. And then they get to it and go, I don't know who to vote for. I don't want to vote for the wrong person, so I won't vote. Eh, wrong answer. Come on. Well, how do I judge them? According to the Word of God. Well, okay, then here's the, here's the next question. I'm just going to be real. What if I judge each every, everyone who's running by the Word of God and they all fail? Because nobody's perfect. Trust me, if you really, 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 really know me, you wouldn't vote for me either. I wouldn't vote for me. No, I'm kidding. I'd vote for me. Now, how do you vote? How do you vote? Well, by the, by the most godly person? Well, it's going to be a long, long time in between, in between gaps. No, you vote for the one God leads you to vote for. You, lead, you vote according to the Holy Spirit. You get all the information you can. You pray about it. Say, God, who do you want me to vote for? I have voted for people I didn't like. I voted for people I wouldn't have supper with. Why did I vote for them? Because as I prayed, I, and I've been doing this for years, I pray about it. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Vote this way. Okay. And then I walk away in peace. Nothing I can do about it. I don't, I don't fret all night long. I don't, you know, because it's like, that's not, this isn't the most important thing in the world. But it's pretty darn important. Because if you noticed, over the last two years, our government officials tried to shut down churches. Now, they wouldn't say that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't say that in, a, in, a, in a, uh, an interview. That's exactly what they tried to do. Because by golly, we can have Walmart open, but you don't go to church. You're the problem. You're the problem if you go. If, you know, they're not going to come out and tell you, you know, we hate Christianity. We're going to shut down the churches. They would never say that. But they will say, oh, why would you want to hurt the most vulnerable of our population by, by continuing to be selfish and going to church? Come on, come on. It's important who's in those positions. It's important. Now, here's another, here's another part of the step. Here's another part of the step. Before you can vote, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but before you can vote, you've got to sign up to vote. It's called registering to vote. The very first time I ever voted in the 1980 uh, presidential, 1981, uh, two, whatever it was, four, maybe it was, I don't know. It's a long, long time ago, but I wasn't 18 then, so. Whatever, must have been the 84 presidential. I went to the poll, I was going to vote, and I walked up, and they go, we don't see your name anywhere in, in the, and they said, I said, well, what do I have to do? And they said, well, you need two pieces of mail or a bill or something with your name on an address, and I was like, man. I'm 19 years old. What do I know? <laughs> you know? What do I know? Okay, I wasn't 19. Math. I don't know. I was young. I couldn't vote because I didn't. I hadn't read. I didn't done what it needed to be done ahead of time to do what God gave me the freedom to do. So think about that ahead of time. Think about it. Get ready to do it. 
Now, here's the deal. We've talked about that within the leadership here in the church, and we're not telling you who to vote for. Vote for. I'm never going to tell you. None of, I will not tell you who to vote for, and I will not allow anyone else to tell you who to vote for. But here's what I'm going to I'm going to encourage the heck out of you to vote. And we're going to make every way possible for you to be ready to do whatever God tells you to do. And so in starting in the middle of September, that's why I see we weren't going to talk about this till the middle of September, we're going to have opportunity to help you register to vote. Whatever, to, kind of take that, that, uh, uh, that, that roadblock out of your way to help you, to help you go. If you've never done it, here's a way to do it. And then, then you follow what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Amen? So that's coming up. Now, secondly, with the, uh, the, the CAT team that's been meeting here on Monday nights, for the last few months, out of that has come some really interesting opportunities. And we have two people uh, here in the church who have decided to run for public office. Amen. Now, for many people, you won't be able to, you wouldn't be able to vote for them anyway. It's outside of your area. But you can pray for them. You can pray for them. Now, I, don't, I did not talk to them ahead of time. I did not ask permission to name them publicly or anything. But if you, if you are the two people, and you, because they're here, if you are one, if you're the two people, if you would like to stand, we want to pray for you. So if you would want to stand. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not telling you to vote for him. I can't vote for him, but I can pray for him. I, I live outside of the district. But Larry and uh, Mark are running for, for uh, uh, well, I know what it is. I'm trying to decide if I, can, if I should say it. You, you all just heard what everybody said. They didn't hear it in the microphone. They're running for a secret office. No, they're not. <laughs> Ask them. Talk, talk to them. Talk to them after. I know, I know, I know. Shh. Just trying to think, there, there's all kinds of ramifications with doing stuff over TV. It's not, it isn't that I'm ashamed of it. It's, it's a really, really cool thing what they're doing. We just, we need to be careful. We need to be, we need to be wise. But we can pray for them. And I wanted, to, I wanted to have them stand publicly and, and, just, and just because now, as you're led, when you think about them, pray for them. That they have wisdom, they have understanding. That God shows them what each step of this process is and how to, how to do that. And let's just pray for them as a body right now. Father, I do. I lift up these young, these young men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for these young men, for their desire to serve you first. Father, to, to, to honor you with the gifts and the desires and the, 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 the heart, their heart for you first, but also for our community. And Lord, I thank you. That as they uh, walk through this process, number one, I pray that they're protected, Lord, that, they, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Number two, that they have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that they know everything ahead of time. They know what to say. They know what not to say. They know when to do it and when not to do it. But Father, most, and most importantly, that they have the love, your love flowing through them to this community, that they're doing it. I know why they're doing it. They love you. They love you and they love this country. And so, Father, I pray that as they do this, that they'll bring honor and glory to you and lifting up the name of Jesus. We bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be, you may be seated. All right. So it's being a part of what God's doing. 
But it takes somebody to say, I'm in. I'm in. Now, every week we're not going to come up and have them you know, share all of their platform. It's not what we're doing. It's not about politics. It's about using the gifts that God gives you. There's gifts inside of you. There's something that God wants. And you think, well, wait a second. I, 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 I came into this thing late. I, I'm, I, I'm not, I've only been, you know, I've been a believer for a short time and I'm older. You know, did I miss it? No, you didn't. You have a, God has a plan for you right here, right now. And you're here for a purpose. And as the body, as the body works together, we're going to see the plan of God fulfilled in every way. Amen? Amen. So uh, getting close to the end here, and we need to do the announcements and all that sort of, but I wanted to, we're going to, we've talked also about the, the prayer. We always have prayer at the end of every service. We do, whether it's, whether I pray or whether the elders pray or the guest minister last week, Cindy prayed, but also some elders. We're going to, we're going to, we want to continue that. We want to, 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 for you to understand this is something for you. It's for the body. And so the elders, and then we also talked about, we're going to get other people involved in that prayer too. So the, so the elders, when it's their weekend to, to, to be the ones up here praying, they're going to invite somebody else to be with them. I mean, they probably have already talked to whoever, I don't know who the elder, who's the elder that's on this, this week? We have no elders on this week. We are in so much trouble. Oh, yeah, you had to check her calendar. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it was it's her calendar. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. I understand. My, I, I, somebody asked me if I can do something. I go. I don't know. I got to check the calendar. She's got it. You know. So, um, but they're going to ask other people to help pray, and that doesn't make the other people, t- you know, B team. The other people may be more anointed than these guys this week. I don't know. It's, it's, they're there to pray. They're they're being led by the Holy Spirit to be. But we want to include more people. More of the body working together for prayer. And so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we had the, the elders praying and we said, Hey, you know, when you do this, can you just kind of, you know, everybody else, if you're going to fellowship, you can fellowship loud outside or in the, in the foyer. But if you're in here, just let, let's just keep it a, an attitude of prayer, you know, an attitude of, of worship. And uh, we're also going to ask, uh, uh, Jamie or some other musician to, to play while they're praying too, just to, to, to help that in moving in that direction. So I wanted to talk about that. Right. Things are happening, aren't they? Amen. I think I'm going to do the offering teaching first and then do the announcements. There's quite a few. So as I was thinking and praying about what to teach today, um, came to mind, uh, what is the nature of giving? Right? What gives life and blessing to our giving? Only our heart can establish if our giving is an obligation a sacrifice, or a seat of blessing. The need of our church does not determine the nature of our giving. The need of those around us won't bring life to our giving. The needs of the, the, the possible guilt that we feel if we don't give doesn't release faith or blessing. It just causes us to be guilty. The only way for giving to touch both the natural realm and the spiritual realm is for it to be motivated by love. We all are familiar with John 3.16, which says, for God so loved the world he gave, right? The giving that carries spiritual potential is motivated by love. A natural seed bears the nature and the life of its source, 
corn, beans, etc. A monetary seed bears the nature and life of its source as well. It's a gift from God. The heart of the giver determines the nature and the future of a monetary seed or of any act of giving, blessing, or serving. Many times we Christians give dutifully with our minds filled with the teachings of giving and receiving, but unless our hearts are motivated by love, we may just be going through motions. We have responsibilities, and, and many times that, that will be in the forefront, but love always gives, but not all giving is birthed in love. So I can get my page separated here. Um, but, you know, I'm not trying to say anything that discounts what Pastor John said about responsibility because we do have responsibilities. But when we switch over and give by love, God can use us even more. Love giving is faith giving, right? Faith giving or giving in faith understands that seeds of love, whether they are seeds of serving or seeds of giving, will bring multiplication into our lives. It'll bring it into our lives and into the lives of those that we are giving or blessing. Love releases grace in our lives. Uh, one of my favorite giving verses in the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 10 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Amen? He's our source. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase our resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in us. Because as we, as we give in love and we see that God's increasing it, he increases what we have to give in love. Our money and resources can be an expression of love, or they can be the focus of fear, stress, and bitterness. If we are in fear, stress and bitterness will usually reject the message of giving and receiving. If we're afraid of releasing what God has given us, our tendency will be to hold on to it even tighter. And we cannot receive what our hands clenched to our, our, our body. Those who live by love will cheerfully enter into the kingdom of increase. Amen? We have various ways to give here. We can give in the box in the back. We can give online through rbcc.info slash donate. You can bring it into the office, mail it into the office. Father God, we do thank you that you've given us the ability to love. You've given us everything that we need for life and godliness and more. You've given us enough for ourselves and to bless others. And so, Father, as we do give, we thank you for each gift and each giver, and we thank you for the increase that's coming. In Jesus' name, amen.